0: what's going on everyone and welcome back to another episode of the fantasy frenzy podcast my name is ben Padalero, and i'm your host I'm joined here, as always, by my very special co-hosts, Robert Armstrong and Tyler Master marino Boys, Week
1: 11 action.
2: How we feeling? Stole another win. We take it.
1: I'd like to make a formal apology for the circumstances of which I tweeted out before Sunday's games. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really steered people in the wrong direction, and I promise that it won't happen again. And my condolences go out to anyone that took my picks. No further questions.
0: It's okay. We can, you know, like you always say, we're due. So I mean, we're we're on to week we're on to week 12 now. Um it we'll, can't get worse. We'll forgive you this
1: time. Yeah. Oh for six. Hey, hey, Rob faded one pick, and of course that's the pick that hit. <laughs> <is>. True. <laughs> <It> <laughs> Fair is. enough. So um
2: I, I re you know. the mush.
0: We'll forgive you this time, but um, be better moving forward. We're all going broke here. Um, Really excited to be back with you guys here. We have a little extended episode going today. Obviously, it's Thanksgiving week, so we will be kind of doing a combination of our Monday and Thursday episodes. Really excited. We're also honored to be joined here by good friend Steve Dennis of the Playoffs and Politics podcast. Um, Rob and I both had the honor of going on his show within the past couple months. Um, really great friend from college. Love his content as well. Steve, welcome to the show.
3: Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Um, I don't talk any fantasy sports on the uh, podcast because typically I always live by the rule that nobody... Can you swear on this? Yes. Nobody gives a shit about your fantasy team, so the fact to be on like a, an actual Fantasy Podcast is nice to be able to uh to talk about it so.
0: Yeah, for sure. We're excited to have you here. Um we'll start our well, I guess we'll start this episode as we usually would our Monday episode with studs and duds, um Steve as our guest. You will go first the way this game works. Um I have 3 players here that had you know strong performances this week that who, you know, historically have not done that. Um, to a certain degree. One of them I'm actually taking a reverse direction on here. I want to see what you guys have to say about him. But basically how it works, you'll each have a chance to go first. I'll present my player, and you'll present your case for them to be a stud or a dud. You'll get one point for each um, crucial piece of information you give me to support your case. The second player for each person will get um, two points if they present to me a new piece of information, one for a repeat, and the third person will get three points, um, respectively. Steve, again, as our guest, you will go first. Um, <clears throat> again, no one is made aware of these players before the show, so this is all um, surprise to get hot takes. Our first player is somebody that we've been talking about throughout the year. We've been waiting for this takeover, and it seems like it, the time has finally come. Um, kind of a Rob's typing. He knows where I'm going. but. Um, this is kind of a player we've talked about this backfield and how it's kind of been a committee and now it seems like this player's time has come. This comes with a caveat though, ignoring his COVID his COVID status right now. J.K. Dobbins, Steve, fifteen touches, seventy yards, and a touchdown this week seems like the takeover. Stuttered, dud the rest of the season.
3: Yeah, um, I've been in on him since the draft. Um, you know, since since draft day, he was somebody that I personally was targeting um and it was going to be one of those like long long plays i know my brother drafted him in another league as well and i've been begging him to not drop him all year you know when you know he just wasn't he was log jammed in that committee um in the first half of the season so i'd say he's a stud um and i think it's going to be interesting i know there's like i don't know if we'll talk waivers later but um he's got a tough matchup coming up against Pittsburgh this week he may not even play due to COVID so I think there's this is going to be like your last opportunity to snag him off the waiver wire or if somebody has him and they're trying to sell low um you know this might be your last opportunity to pick him up
1: yeah
0: for sure I agree I think I know he's uh, I think he's rostered in like just under sixty percent of leagues so far so he's definitely available in some leagues out there. Um, you know, in my opinion, you know Mark Ingram's been the guy to this point, and I think you know, especially Rob and I've been talking about it all year, and we were actually texting about this the other day how he's probably someone that we should have grabbed before this point, and now again, the time has come, so I like your points there Rob, I'll go to you next here um j k. Dobbins stuttered the rest of the season,
2: yeah, as you said, we've had the conversation uh it came up at a draft day because someone had like Mark Ingram and in a late round keeper, and I said you sure you want to keep him? J.K. Dobbins is going to take over. Clearly, I was, I was, I was wrong on that uh, fact. J.K. Dobbins didn't take over until now, uh, potentially this week. Obviously, him and Ingram both you know test positive for the virus, probably not going to play this week. Uh, so that makes it a little bit tougher. Good thing, like Steve said, it's against the Steelers. That, that helps. But he's, he's a rookie. He was incredibly talented in college. Um, Gus Edwards is, is a fine third down back sort of guy not someone they're going to rely on. Mark Ingram's only getting older every year. They, I think they, Ravens could take a breath of fresh air and, and maybe move on from Ingram um, in the offseason, keep J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, and then you still have Justice Hill, and they have a good fullback um, in terms of situations. So they can still keep their committee. Ravens will always run a committee, uh, at least with, uh, under the current head coach. So I don't think they're going to change ever from a committee, which which does make it tough. I don't think he'll ever pop into the you know early rounds, like first, early, second round uh, draft pick next year. Um, But for the rest of the season, I'm going to have to say a stud. Mark Ingram battling injuries earlier too. If that comes back, then um, that only makes him a better stud. But I'm going to have to go stud because he's just going to get more touches and he's way more valuable in the passing game than Mark Ingram ever was in his career.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that's the key uh, aspect there as well as the passing game. There's so many running backs in the league who that's our specialty and it just gives them that dual threat. And he's certainly one of those players. So uh, I like that bit of information there. Tyler, I'll let you wrap up J.K. Dobbins here, stutter dud the rest of the season.
1: Uh, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna go dud, but let me explain why first. Okay, so, a lot of people they drafted him above where he was projected. I know in one of my deeper leagues I got him in like the sixth, seventh round-ish. And that's kind of at like a flex play territory. And I'm saying dud specifically on the fact that you drafted him and you expected him to be a starter by the end of the year, but I don't think he should be anything more than a flex play right now. Not only is it the tough matchup, but I'm looking ahead at the playoff matchups, and they are juicy matchups. He plays Cleveland, Jacksonville, and New York. He has a great opportunity here, but with the COVID if if he officially tested positive, I I actually haven't read up on that to see if he officially tested positive if he was one of those five players. But if he was, that's that's essentially automatically out two games and that's gonna absolutely kill his value. They're gonna sign other running backs to play for him. And he's he got the touches last game, but I I still have like a gut feeling that they were just kind of playing the hot hand, like Gus Edwards, Mark Ingram. They couldn't get anything going last game. Since J.K. Dobbins is a rookie, if he does fumble, I could see Harbaugh benching him for a little bit, benching him not even for like a drive or two here. I could see him getting benched for like a full quarter. So that's, that's my main concern with J.K. Dobbins. He's been the most effective running back this year when he gets the ball because he's, he is the best playmaker, but he's also, he's not the best short down guy. I think the value with the Ravens is going to be near the end zone where I think they like to use Gus Edwards more. J.K. Dobbins has three rushing touchdowns this season. He had the two-week one. But that's still not enough involvement for me. You guys say he's a good pass catcher, but he's had two games with more than two catches, and those were only four and three catches apiece. And over the last four games, he, he has one catch, two catch, one catch, two catch. That's, that's essentially no passing game involvement for me. He hasn't really done anything with those catches. I still think Lamar Jackson is going to start running the ball more, too. He hasn't been that involved this season. Like, J.K. Dobbins out-carried him this game. I do think Lamar Jackson is going to lead this team and carries more times than not. I think it was just kind of a hot-hand approach, and I'm not completely sold that he would be a flex plate if he wasn't in these plus matchups going into the playoffs. So, he is a dud. He's definitely ascending. If we did ascenders and descenders, but I'm I gotta stick with a dud for him.
0: Okay, that's fair. Not dud crazy or anything, right? Just dud.
1: No, no, not dud crazy because I don't have a good feeling one way or the other, and I just wanted to disagree.
0: Okay, that's fair. I have him as a stud as well. Um, I'm gonna agree with Stephen Rob here. I think I, I I guess I've already said what I think. You know, the takeover has come. You know, he's a rookie. He's only gonna go up in my opinion. Hopefully he doesn't miss time from COVID. I assume he's going to at least least miss this week. Um, But we'll, I guess we'll take it as it comes with him. So, Steve, I'm going to go ahead and move you to the back of the line here. Rob's going to go next for this next player, and this is where we start taking the trip back in time. Um, This player, you're going to get it as soon as I say it, but top three off the board in all your drafts. Um... Such a disappointment this year. In our league, he's been traded around like three or four times. I don't want to steal too much thunder for you guys, but it's not for a lack of volume. Obviously, there's been injuries and, you know, a disappointing season. And then this week, 21 carries for 103 yards, a receiving touchdown. Ezekiel Elliott getting back to his form today. So Rob, stutter dud from here moving forward.
2: I might say stud. Uh I know the Vikings defense isn't great so this doesn't it, that that this game doesn't mean a ton. Uh however, they do play in the NFC least. Uh there's still a chance that they make the playoffs which is the craziest thing. Uh so they're going to be going hard the rest of the season. They do play uh two more op- uh three more opponents in their uh division. However, one of them is week 17 so that doesn't affect fantasy. So they are going to be going hard for those games They have the Eagles and they have the Bengals in the 49ers. The 49ers still banged up, uh, still not the defensive powerhouse they were last year. Those are your three playoff matchups uh, if you play a traditional 14, 15, 16 week. So he gets the Bengals, the 49ers, the Eagles. That's huge value, especially in a league like ours where he's been traded for so many um, different pieces. It's not like they don't give him touches. Even in his bad weeks, he was still getting, like the week before, he got 18 touches, 19 touches. Andy Dalton's back healthy. Andy Dalton looked like he was at least a competent quarterback, which is essentially what he was um, for the Bengals, was competent, nothing amazing. However, he did enough for to be an NFL quarterback. And that's kind of what he's shown that Cowboys offense we know is good. Uh, We saw Dak obviously was the losing piece. And then Dalton goes down after his first like real week of being the Cowboys quarterback. So I think he's only going to get more comfortable in the situation. I don't think they're going to be a good team, but they're going to be effective enough in the passing game to allow Zeke to have the space in the running game before this. He ran the ball 19 times, but they knew he was running the ball 19 times because Garrett Gilbert was not going to be the stud QB that they needed. So I'm going to say a stud. Uh, I think he'll return back to some form. It is still the Cowboys, so be hesitant, but I think he'll be much better than he has been all season.
0: Yeah, really good points there. Um, I don't want to share my opinion yet because I want to let Tyler and Steve go, but Tyler, we'll go to you here. Um, Ezekiel Elliott stuttered up the rest of the season.
2: Oh,
1: I'm going dud crazy, Ben. (laughs) Oh, dud crazy. Okay. Yep. Rob was talking up the schedule a little bit, but the schedule is tough. It is the second worst schedule for running backs. He does have the solid week 14 matchup against Cincinnati. I do believe the Cowboys can stay in most of these games. They have like an easy schedule for the Cowboys outside of Baltimore but they are playing some tough run defense. Even though San Francisco is injured, they're still not a defense I would look forward to playing against. And Andy Dalton could be back. I don't think that, I think that would help his value. If anything, maybe get the offense going a little bit more, but I I can't trust Zeke. I mean, he had that great game, but that's against Minnesota's run defense. A lot of players can do that against Minnesota and, the last couple of weeks, he played Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. He had just under 20 touches in those games. Well, he actually had 20, including the catches that he had. But he didn't get over 10 points once, and he's going to be playing Philadelphia in the finals. Like, I don't want to start him, but you're, right now I think you should view him as a RB2 in, in some of these matchups, like a low-end RB2. The next two weeks, Washington and Baltimore, I think he's going to be a low-end RB2. He has He needs the touchdowns for the value, and that's where all his value is. Cowboys offense doesn't put up a lot of points anymore. Even Tony Pollard has gotten a little involved in this offense here. I wouldn't really say that it's a committee of any sort whatsoever, but Tony Pollard is just kind of a change of pace guy here and there. So there's no one really contesting Zeke for touches. And like he's had the 20 touches the past three games, 20 plus touches. And it's he only came close to 20 points once out of those three weeks and he's facing similar matchups. And like I mentioned earlier, he did bad against Philly. He plays Washington. This will be a really good test because they played them early this year, and Zeke only managed 6.1 fantasy points. If he can do good this matchup, maybe he'll prove me wrong. But other than that, I have to go dud crazy.
0: Okay. And, Steve, just for your reference, dud crazy is like Tyler slang, like totally out on this player. Um, I like that. You brought in the schedule. Obviously, I traded Zeke a few weeks ago, and the schedule was a big part of the reason why. Um, I think you harped on that really well. He has a very tough schedule. Uh, You you said second toughest for running backs. Um, Yep. So I think that's definitely a big argument. Again, I don't want to take away from Steve, so I'll go to Steve here to wrap up. Ezekiel Elliott dud, the rest of the season.
3: Yeah, well I appreciate the clarification on what dud crazy meant. So that means I can I can accurately say that I think Tyler's dud crazy for for calling him that. I think in a in I put so much stock into running backs and um I unfortunately think Zeke is a product of and we've seen it throughout his career, he's a he's a product of how functional that Dallas offense is. Love and it. during those weeks where you know, after they lost Dak, they're really trying to figure out what is their offense going to be? You know, obviously their season looked bleak, but, you know, one touchdown since week five um, or since the completion of week five, and it was a receiving touchdown. Last week against Minnesota, looked like a get right after the bye. Obviously, Minnesota's run defense is pretty weak, but if they are to make a run towards the playoffs, it's going to be through Zeke. Um, They're not going to want to, give whoever their quarterback is a chance to cost them the games. Um, so I expect Zeke with his high floor of, you know, getting at least 20 touches a game, um, you know, through the passing game and the run game, I expect him to be a stud down the stretch. And I, I feel like there's there's no way that you can consider not playing him regardless of the matchup.
0: Yeah, that, I think that's a really good point as well. Um, he's kind of one of those players that, especially where you draft him, you have to start him. No matter the matchup, um, you know, given his tough schedule, and I know we've talked about that, he's just like, you know, like Steve said, the offense is going to run through him. Um, I have him as a – I think we certified light stud as a term at one point, so I'm going to go there um, just because he is the focal point of that offense. And um, despite the schedule, you know, if they have – if they want to do anything with the rest of the season, it's going to have to go through him. Um, so that's where I stand on
1: Real quickly, do you guys think he's going to average more
2: or less than 15 points a game? Less. Average? Less. But do you think he's going to average more more or less than J.K. Dobbins, who you just called a light star Or a light dud. So you think that a guy's a dud crazy, even though he's going to score more points than a guy you called barely a dud? Oh, yeah, absolutely,
1: because you're expecting a lot more out of Zeke.
2: Oh, but that, that's not studs and duds, though. That's more like waiver wires and, like, trade cool. value. Studs cool. and duds well, is thinking... just who's going to be better than who.
1: Who Who's going to start yeah, in your I'm lineups? I'm thinking he's, he's going to drop in value, if anything.
2: If well, yeah, as, as you know, right a now. top five running back that was drafted third, I think, third overall in our league. Um, I, I, fourth, think, um, I think he's going to screw you over
1: minimalist. in the playoffs. Is why I think he's a dud.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah.
3: I mean, after four bad weeks, you know, after, after four below-average weeks where the Dallas offense is trying to figure itself out, He's still the sixth ranked running back in PPR leagues. So,
1: um, it's. Oh, I think he's going way down in that. Yeah.
3: I, I mean, I, I would take that gamble if I had him. If I had him. So
2: keep I would them. take him over J.K. Dobbins, and I called J.K. Dobbins a stud. So I got to go with Zeke's a stud. Well, I took them both as studs. Yeah.
0: You did. That's fair. So, um,. Interesting debate there. Definitely be interesting to see what happens with Zeke over the next few weeks, given the schedule. Um, You know, hopefully for his sake, he can pull it out. And, you know, assuming Dak coming back next year, um, they'll both return to form, is all we can hope for. This last player here, um, I'm going to. This one's the one I'm. This is one's kind of like the teeter. I'm kind of like the other direction on this player. Um, He's kind of like been really good and just wasn't this week, um, which I've kind of predicted. Um, So, Tal, I'm going to start with you here. This player, um, undrafted running back this year, obviously a running back. Um, You know, average week one and then just kind of took off week two and on. It's been really hot since then. Five rushing touchdowns, two receiving touchdowns on the year, um, and then just has gone downhill the past couple weeks. Um, he does have three games over 100 rushing yards this year, but like I said, no touchdown now since week nine. He currently sits at RB4. I predict that going down, but it's going to be James Robinson. Um, Stutter dud the rest of the
1: season. Oh, I love this guy. I can't say enough good things about him. I really think that he's kind of getting snubbed, not being like one of the front runners for Offensive Rookie of the Year, but I'm going to go dud based on the schedule. He's carried you into the playoffs, but I don't think he's going to carry you to a fantasy championship because weeks 15 and 16, he's got Baltimore and Chicago. I think he's a very talented guy. The volume is there for sure. He's gotten 20-plus carries three out of the last four games. Not enough receiving work for me the past three games, but he's been he's been involved in the receiving game here and there. I'd like to see Lutton kind of check it down to him some more, see how that goes. He's still got good matchups in Minnesota and Tennessee. So that's the final week of the season. And then first week of the playoffs, you're obviously starting him in every single league because he's just been absolutely amazing rb4 right now in ppr and i just i hate calling this guy a dud but i'm going off what his current value is everyone's seeing him as the running back four in the league and i think he's going to drop a lot specifically in those last two matchups against baltimore and chicago they have nobody else to go to on that team they can throw to dj shark but james robinson has been that offense All year, he'll continue to be the bell cow. Dud just on the value, if that makes sense for you guys. You just gave me crap about the last guy. But, I like, he's going to descend. He's going to be a dud. I think he's going to screw you over in the playoffs. Yeah, I...
0: I think it's fair. I'm not going to say whether I disagree agree or disagree. But I think it's fair and that's kind of why I picked him because I think there's good debate that can be had around him and what the rest of the season will look like. Obviously, like you said, he's RB4. So, um we'll go to Steve here next. Um Steve, James Robinson stuttered dud the rest of the season.
3: Yeah, I mean, I I think that there's there's an owner out there who drafted either Saquon or Christian McCaffrey who made this really savvy move to pick him up during the year. Um, And it has, you know, ridden him to this point where you've been able to get this far, but I I do think he's going to be a dud down the stretch. I think he's just, um, it's been a great story to see him come out of nowhere, but I just think based on the schedule, based on Jacksonville, not really trying to win, I'll say as like a, an organization that I, I just don't see, a real environment for him to be successful with the teams that he's going up against. And just, you know, they're, they're, they're getting ready to to book their flights for the off season. So um, yeah, I, I would, I would categorize him as a dud the rest of the way.
0: Yeah. Good. A good take there. Um, I think that's interesting how you brought the the team and their goals into it, but I think that plays a big role as well. Um I'll let Rob wrap it up here, though. James Robinson, Rob, Stutter, up the rest of the season. We're going to go for a clean sweep of
2: duds. Um, I do like the guy as well. I think I think he is their future. I think they still work with him. This has nothing to do with talent, um, similar to what both of them said. Uh, I do think Steve brings up a good point with the Jaguars not really trying to win, and they just lose Josh Allen. Um, not that Josh Allen, the other Josh Allen. So that hurts their defense immensely. And one thing I'll say about the Jag- uh, the Jags all season is they remind me a lot of the Dolphins last year where you could tell they were actively tanking, but they were doing it in such a pretty way that they were staying in games. Uh, there was a few games they got blown out. They got blown out by Detroit. They got blown out by Houston. Uh, even Miami blew them out. And then last week against Pittsburgh. And all those are the, uh, outside the early, early games when he was still kind of figuring it out. Those are the only games he's had under 20 carries as well. Um, so what they've done really well this season is lose with grace stay close in games, which has meant if they're close in games, he can get his touches. He can still get over 20 touches. They'll go behind by 15, 20, whatever it is, you start not going to the running back. It's what we saw with Zeke, and that's why he's been so bad is they try to give him his touches, but you know, when you get blown out, you can't run it anymore. It's just not enough time in the day. So while I think he's talented, while I think he's the future and they just need to get a quarterback in there. Because they clearly don't like Gardner. Uh I don't know if he comes back. If he comes back Maybe this. Maybe they do stay in some games still. Um, but right now, with Jake Luton, with them on pace to get Justin Fields out of the draft, um, second overall, they do not want to win. They're not going to be trying to force these games to be close anymore. They lose a good defensive prospect. It's just going to be blowouts for them. I think they're just going to get blown out the rest of the season, plus good teams. And I, there's just no value for running backs when they're getting blown out, regardless of how talented they've been all season. So yeah, I will have to go dud as well.
0: Yeah. I had him as a dud as well. And that's, again, I said it before why I picked him for this bit. I thought it would be a really good conversation given the season he's had kind of coming out of nowhere and storming up to RB4. Um, the rest of the way, I think what Tyler said, the schedule isn't friendly. Um, their game flow is not going to be friendly for him either. So unfortunately for James Robinson, you know, great run. We'll see you next year, but, um, I just don't think it's going to happen for the rest of the year. So, I didn't really explain this in the beginning. Um Steve, this is kind of like the way I score. This is kind of like around the horn. Um you know, I kind of keep track of points or as people you've seen around the horn is like mm-hmm. as as you guys talk, I like I'll add points based on things that you say. Um and that's kind of how I score it. Um close one today, not as high scoring as we usually have, but the goal is to keep it between Rob and Tyler, the wins and not let the guest win. Um, I think we've only had one guest win, if I'm correct.
2: See, uh,
0: Rob. Say it again. Uh, I think it was Ginge.
2: Oh, yes. Uh,
0: yeah, I think Ginge is the only guest that won so far. Um, Steve, you had it for a while. You were doing really well, especially on the Zeke analysis, but Rob pulled ahead at the end to take the win at 14 points to Steve's 13. Um, Tyler comes up at 11 um i think rob's back to back right now so kids doing his homework kids doing his homework um so thank you everybody for playing steve um great first time doing studs and duds we look forward to doing it again in the future um that will wrap up studs and duds now we'll move into our game reviews from this past week Um, a lot of interesting action gonna kind of do this a little differently today um Because we're combining two episodes into one here, we're going to kind of move a little faster through the game reviews. Um, We'll still talk about each one and um, our high analysis on the game. Rob, I'll start with you here. We'll talk about the Cardinals and the Seahawks Thursday night game. Obviously, you know, this was trying to be an exciting game and it really turned out that way. Seahawks take this one at home 28 to 21. Um, Talk to me about this game, specifically um, about the Cardinals, Kyler's injury in the backfield, and then whatever you want to say on the Seahawks.
2: Yeah, I think it's something we noticed right away with uh, Kyler not looking great shoulder all over the place. Uh, Couldn't get the running game going. You know, we didn't know how it was going to be split. Drake and Edmonds kind of been split. Edmonds getting more, obviously, with the Drake injury. Drake, clearly the main guy, got the touchdown. Wasn't really effective on the ground with 2.6 yards of carry. So... It was interesting though because like this game really started. I I think we had said on the podcast last week that this was either going to be forty-two, thirty, like thirty-seven, or some stupid high-scoring game or a dud game, and we were right. I mean, the first half it was uh, sixteen to seven at halftime. So defense is way better than I think we've seen either of these defenses play all year against two very high-powered offenses. But you know, Russ cooked a little bit towards the second half. They got him involved. Tyler Lockett was very good, nine receptions for 67 yards and a touchdown. DK got his touchdown. Could have had a second one hit him right in the face. (laughs) I thought it got deflected. Didn't even get deflected. Just hit him right underneath the chin. Uh, I guess Russ threw it too hard or something. But (laughs) couldn't catch that. Could have had two touchdowns. Could have had a good day for both of them. Greg Olson goes down with the injury, probably out for. He's hoping to come back for the playoffs, so that changes a lot because I know we've had actually Greg Olson as potential waiver pickups here and there because – He's actually somehow revitalized his career a bit um, with Seattle. But yeah, no, both the offenses looked very bad in the first half, but it's kind of saved you fantasy-wise. It's always good. Thursday night games are always scary when you have people playing at them. I know. I had DK. I was playing against Lockett. Um, It's always scary how that goes. But, you know, D-Hop even had the five catches 51 yards. Not a normal D-Hop day, but he saved it towards the end of the game. So there was fantasy points to be had for a relatively slow game between two high-powered offenses.
0: Yeah, I think the game uh, the game lived up to what it was supposed to be. Cardinals will go down to six and four. Seahawks will advance to seven and three. Next game I want to talk about is the Steelers at the Jaguars. Um, Steelers stay perfect. Take this one at home, twenty seven to three. Um, Tyler, kind of run me through this game. Um, I'm a James Conner owner. I'm not panicking yet, but obviously, you know, my eyebrows are raised as to you know the lack of production he's seeing. And then for the Panthers, obviously, we talked about um, James Robinson. Kind of just run me through your thoughts on this game.
1: Yeah, so this this game went exactly how we predicted it. The Steelers didn't score as much as we thought. And I guess you could say the same for Jacksonville. But 27-3, to Steelers' stout defense. And James Robinson still produced on the ground pretty well. He still had 73 yards. Obviously, no touchdowns because nobody on the team had a touchdown. But... The two guys that I'm watching on the Jaguars, James Robinson and DJ Chark. DJ Chark still had eight targets. That's what I like to see for wide receiver that I really hope gets more involved, but that's against a tough Steelers defense. I was, like I said, last week, we we're looking to see if the line and unit could perform and they didn't, but those two guys still had very mediocre days. Definitely. More of low end flex plays for those guys, but that's what you expect against Pittsburgh. And then on the Pittsburgh side of the ball, Deontay Johnson had a boom of a game. Claypool scored the touchdown, and Juju got a little banged up this game. So, something to watch out for in the future to see how Juju plays and how that will affect the wide receiving core because these guys' value could change a lot if Juju has to miss time.
0: Did Juju get banged up, or did he just step weird, walk into the sideline? That's what I saw. Anyway, um, but we'll, I get we'll definitely keep an eye on it either way and update you guys on Twitter. Um, Steelers again go perfect ten and 0. Jaguars go to one and nine. Next game I want to talk about is the Lions at the Panthers. Panthers take this one at home twenty to nothing. Steve obviously no CMC again this week, and it looks like he'll be missing Week Twelve as well. Mike Davis in for his place. Um, no Teddy Bridgewater as well. Um, nothing going on for the lions on the scoreboard. So kind of just quickly run me through your thoughts on this
1: game.
3: Yeah. I mean, shout out PJ Walker. Um, you know, guy has a hell of a story uh, for making it to the NFL and in, in his first start. So coming from the XFL and being cut from the NFL and waved uh, you know, a dozen times. Um, the big thing I noticed from the game is Curtis Samuel. Um, I, I, I want to keep calling him a fluke, but he's starting to build some consistency there. Um, and it was encouraging to see him develop that with the backup. So you know if 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 Bridgewater does come back this week, it'll be interesting to see do they pick up where they left off from uh, you know past weeks prior where Curtis Samuels really been skyrocketing for someone who's getting you know ten targets this game, uh, his his ability to get some points in the backfield as well. Um, I think he's an interesting Swiss Army knife for that flex spot uh, for teams going down the stretch.
0: Yeah, I like that as well. Um, and then hopefully, you know, they can piece together the rest of their offense. Once um, CMC returns, uh, again, Lions go 4-6, Panthers will go to 4-7. and seven. Next game I want to dig into is our hometown game, Heartbreaker, um, Patriots go go to Houston and take on the Texans. Texans take it 27 to 20. Rob, kind of run me through this game. How are you feeling about the Patriots now? Four and six, obviously not territory that we're used to. Um, And then we predicted a Deshaun Watson ascent and it seems like that's happening. He looked really good this week. So just kind of
2: run me through. Uh, Yeah, no, Deshaun Watson looked good. Uh, We know the Patriots defense has been still very solid. Um, So very much a shout out to Deshaun Watson for the way he played in the game. Um, However, there has been holes that have been found in the Patriots defense this year. They've they've kind of found it. Still couldn't get the running game going. Obviously, David Johnson was out. Duke Johnson clearly is not a number one guy. Uh, Had 10 carries for 15 yards. That is nothing. Deshaun Watson had a more effective day on the ground, getting the touchdown as well. Spread the ball around a ton. Brandon Cooks got the four receptions, 85 yards. Jordan Aikens had a good game. Will Fuller um, pulled out a good game. None of them got touchdowns, of course, because the touchdowns never happen. We know this in fantasy. We can play all the time. The touchdowns go to the guys that had two catches for a total of 17 yards combined. So four catches, 17 yards, and they got two touchdowns. Unfortunately, if you're looking for a touchdown days out of Will Fuller or maybe Brandon Cooks in deeper leagues, you couldn't get it. Um, and then the, for the Patriots, Cam Newton had maybe one of the sneakiest 365-yard performances I've ever seen. It felt like they were kind of slow-moving the whole day. Uh, Damian Harris had a slow day on the ground. Um, still got the touchdown, obviously. Rex Burkhead goes down with the injury that probably really affected him. I, I, I looked at James White maybe going forward there. Um, Bird had the big day, amazing touchdown catch. And then James White obviously through the air. But, you know, if I'm looking at the receptions outside of Bird, like Tyler knows this from his bet, you know, <laughs> Jacoby Myers didn't get involved. Nikhil Harry had I'm a lot of... On yards. Yards. I'm
1: done betting on him, I'm done <laughs> betting on him. I'm curse him.
2: Jacoby Myers is about to pop off, so... Yeah, so, yes, definitely if Tyler doesn't bet on him, we, he can go back to form that he was in before. Um, yep. But, yeah, no, it was interesting to see, like, you know, everyone get involved and felt like a bad day for the Patriots in a whole. I think I just hate the way Cam Newton throws the ball, and I think that's what it comes down to, is it looks like he's in pain every single time he does it. But 365 <laughs> yards, it was not even a bad performance for the Patriots, but... The Texans have our three and set or three or two and seven for a reason. should have beat them, so it was a tough loss for us,
0: yeah, agree. Again, like I said, Patriots go to four and six, unfamiliar territory for us. <clears throat> and then Texans advance to three and seven. next game I want to dig into is the Titans at the Ravens. Titans take this one on the road thirty to twenty four. um In overtime, I believe this this game went to overtime. um Derek Henry yeah. with the winner. Um, Tyler, kind of run me through here again another good game out of Derrick Henry for the Ravens. I know you talked about Lamar earlier um, so kind of share, share me your thoughts on this game.
1: Yeah, funny to see Derrick Henry score the game winning touchdown against the Ravens after all the trash they talked about him last playoffs. He beat them again. Love to see it. Corey Davis pretty impressive. He's still got over 100 yards that game. Took a little bit away from A.J. Brown who It seems like whenever he gets the ball, he can make massive plays, a massive catch after the run, but just got to work on catching the ball a little bit. Corey Davis was a guy that we kind of had as a pickup, then rode off a little bit because he had a couple duds of a game, but now he's back up there as a startable guy. And for Lamar Jackson, yes, he had a very, very bad game for a quarterback that was matched up against the Tennessee Titans. There are better days ahead. They just lost. They're still in must-win territory now at 6-4. and four. Tough matchup against Pittsburgh, but it'll get a little bit easier. He still should be the guy on that offense. He started to get Mark Andrews the ball again, so their passing offense looked a little more fluent. I don't know what's going to happen with Marquise Brown. You obviously shouldn't own him, but Des Bryant came into the lineup and immediately got more targets, actually caught the ball, so I did, Des Bryant, for me, it definitely isn't startable, but I'm just comparing him to Marquise Brown because that guy is in some serious sophomore slump and you can't trust him at all. The only guys that you want to be starting on this offense are Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews. And like I said last week, I think Lamar Jackson can carry you to some playoff wins because he's got some good matchups.
0: Yeah, I was gonna. While you were talking, you kind of answered my question, but I was gonna say Marquise Brown in ten or twelve man leagues, keep drop or keep.
1: Oh, drop! You gotta drop him. You shouldn't yeah. have him at this point. I agree.
0: Which is again unfortunate to but, see sophomore slump. But what were you gonna say?
1: Yeah, but we definitely, we definitely just cursed it by officially saying that you should drop him, and he's about to have a great game. You good. could
0: put the, you could put the cap on it by taking a bet on him this week, just to be sure. Nope. Um, <laughs> Titans go to 7-3, and three, Ravens to 6-4. and four. Next game I want to dig into is the Eagles at the Browns. Browns take this one at home, 22-17. Um, Eagles offense continuing to struggle despite getting a couple weapons back. Dallas Goddard was back this week. For the Browns, again, still no OBJ. Another great day for Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. And his return on the ground, Steve, kind of run me through this game here.
3: I mean, Carson Wentz is bad. Awful. I think um, I mean, I was texting Rob over the weekend, like trying to figure out like, is he bottom three, bottom five, like quarterbacks you'd have right now. Um, he's just a terrible combination of no confidence and terrible decision making on the Brown side. I mean, they're making a solid run. I mean, they're seven and three right now. Uh, last time they had a record this good was uh, when, you know, BB Bill Belichick uh, was the coach. So um, yeah, I, I think the combination of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt's going to be something that keeps working. Um, you know, obviously Hunt had a limited day on the ground th- this week. Uh, where Nick Chubb really took the um took the reins on the ground, but Kareem Hunt was still able to find the end zone. So, um I think both of them are viable fantasy starters and, you know, running back twos uh, down the stretch.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, they're probably one of the you know, they're probably the best running back tandem in the league. Um, in my opinion, but anyway, Eagles still leading their division at three, six, and one, and Browns will go to seven and three. Yeah, I, hey, somebody's got to be in first. So, um, Next game I want to dig into is the Falcons at the Saints. Say, uh, Saints take this one 24-9 at home. As expected, not a big day um, through the air for the Falcons at all. Julio Jones in and out of the lineup with dealing with his uh, hamstring. For the Saints, obviously Taysom Hill starting at quarterback and tight end this week. Good for him. Um, Michael Thomas also somewhat of a return to form. Alvin Kamara, though, only registered, or excuse me, did not register any catches on one target. Um, Rob, I'm coming to you for this game, and also coincidentally you're the Kamara owner, so kind of run me through your thoughts here.
2: It was a weird game. It was a Taysom Hill game. Uh, Obviously, the big talk on ESPN Leagues was the fact that he was still registered as a tight end. Um, That since has changed. However, he might have quarterback value right now for the next couple of weeks. He actually played a very solid game. I don't think anyone had ever seen him throw the ball more than two two yards. Uh, So that was interesting to see uh, this game, and he actually did well with it. Like you said, Michael Thomas returned to form. Uh, Clearly has a good connection with Taysom Hill uh, for that sense. Obviously, if you are a new quarterback, you're going to lean on your best receiver. Yeah, they couldn't get really anything going on the ground. Latavius Murray had broke out a few rushes. You know, had a rush for 11 yards. Kamara had the 12-yard uh, 12, 12-yard rush and had a touchdown as well. Uh, and then Taysom Hill ran for 51 yards, which we kind of expected um, two touchdowns because he, he kind of runs like like a similar to a Cam Newton offense where he's the goal line back uh, for the most part because he's such a big body uh, and, and doesn't have to hand the ball off. Obviously, he he could take the ball right to himself because he's the quarterback. So it was interesting to see how well um, the Saints played. Obviously, the Falcons are not a good team. But this is like one of those games where Saints are in the playoff hunt. They're trying to go for the number one seed in the NFC. It's important. And they could have easily slipped up. You know, you lose Drew Brees. You don't even know Taysom Hill was going to be the quarterback. We all assumed Jameis Winston. Um, they announced Taysom Hill. And yeah, for Kamara, not a good day. Hopefully he tries to work with Taysom Hill a little bit more. Uh, I think it's just the case of, you know, he got a lot of dump-offs from Drew Brees because Drew Brees can't run. In the situations where he would have dumped it off, Taysom Hill can just do the rushing. So I think that might affect him going forward. But Obviously, Drew Brees will be back, and um, hopefully, like two weeks. So, they, I don't think he's a fi- I, they, if he went to officially IR, then it's two weeks. If not, he could come back sooner. But I think we'll get another broken rib or two um, this week. So, you never know. He's added a, one or two every time they've done a new report. Yeah, um, it seems
0: well. IR is automatically three weeks. So, yes,
2: I don't know if he actually officially oh, went to IR though.
0: Yeah, he did. Drew Brees yeah. did. Um, but they were saying probably more like four to five weeks. So definitely something to monitor. Of course, Falcons go to three and seven saints, a strong eight and two next game. I want to dig into is the, uh, the Bengals at the Washington football team. Washington takes this one at home. 20 to nine, obviously horrific injury to Joe Burrow prayers up to him that he recovers quickly. Well, not quickly. He'll be back next year. Hopefully. um, again things working on the washington defense or excuse me the
1: washington offense um
0: tyler kind of run me through this game
1: yeah so with joe burrow being gone it's going to absolutely kill the fantasy value of all Bengals pass catchers and i think even as far as joe mixon and giovanni bernard as well joe burrow took that offense to new levels this season uh I don't know what Finley is capable of. I don't know anything about him. I don't know who he's going to like to target. I'd still like to believe Tyler Boyd is going to be a startable fantasy option, but I'm very scared for that. I want to kind of take a wait-and-see approach for him. I don't think I'm going to start him this next week, but hopefully we'll have a clearer idea come playoffs, if you can start him or not. And then Gibson... Continues to kind of improve his game here. He had 16 carries, 94 yards, and he found the end zone again. So, love him. Terry McLaurin is still the only pass catcher on that offense. The offense runs through those two guys. We're getting good fantasy value out of them. Terry McLaurin's got a good matchup against Dallas next week, so we'll see what they can do.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, Bengals go to 2-7-1. Washington football team goes to 3-7. and seven. Next game I want to talk about is the Jets at the Chargers. Chargers take this one at home 34-28. I mean, I know we're always down on the Jets, but I mean, commend them for putting up 28 points this week. Chargers defense, um, not the best in the league, but they're not absolutely horrible. Um, Steve, kind of run me through this game. Obviously, you know, the, char- or the, excuse me, the Jets are what they are, but for the Jets, you know, the offense obviously clicked well this week and Austin Eckler looking like he's going to be due back soon. So kind of run me through this game and what you're seeing out of that backfield moving forward.
3: Yeah, I mean, the the Chargers, I think, have become one of those teams. I'd put them with the Ravens. I'd put them with the Rams of you want whoever their running back is. Uh, You want stock in that backfield. Kalen Balazs, you know, coming out of nowhere, obviously had this promise in Miami. Um, and has you know, overtaken Josh Kelly and overtaken um, Justin Jackson as the lead back. Whether or not Eckler is able to come back this week is going to be a big question mark, but um, I think the more weapons that you can put around Herbert um, to continue his his amazing stretch and, and the Chargers have a really friendly schedule um, coming down the pike here. So I think it's going to be a, a fun team to watch as that uh, division shapes out.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think Rob's excited um, for Austin Eckler to come back as well. Looked like he was doing some good work in the gym today, so we'll see <clears throat> what happens in the next few weeks. Actually, I know they're taking him off IR this week. I don't know if he'll actually play or if they'll push out to week 13, um, but definitely interesting to watch. Jets will go to 0-10. Um, Chargers will go to 3-7. and 7. Next game I want to talk about is the Dolphins at the Broncos. This game was frustrating for me as a i had the dolphins defense this week i thought that was a surefire matchup for them uh, but the broncos take this one at home 20 to 13 rob obviously um i think savan Ahmed got injured early in this game and then i mean the offense just couldn't get it clicking from there for the broncos melvin gordon had a you know kind of return to form day from what we've known him and as in the past um the Broncos just look good in this game, you know, better than they have in a while, but I'll kind of let you talk here. Take me through this game.
2: Yeah. I've been the one probably in the podcast, the most harping on the fact that I I think future in that Broncos offense. I like Fanta a lot. Jerry Judy's very talented for young receiver. Tim Patrick has shown up on days, especially today. Uh, and, and I, I still, am a drew drew lock believer um, for the most part, he is a gunslinger, which makes sense um, with John Elway uh, up in that. He loves gunslingers, So he's going to have a gunslinger. he, Similar to what Steve said about Carson Wentz is there's zero confidence. This guy has all the confidence in the world. I mean, he was dancing when they were, like, coming back, and then I think they ended up coming back and winning a game like, earlier in the season. He was, like, dancing ahead of time. Uh, he, and, he, and even on a bad day, he still throws it. He had a pick early, a bad pick, um, and then still threw the ball for 270 yards. Um, didn't throw the ball. Touchdown, Melvin Gordon had both. That's interesting. That backfield gets ever more confusing. Uh, a day like today, they were both startable for, to to an extent, Philip Lindsay. Um, had only 82 yards and no touchdowns, so not a good day, but a startable day in the grand scheme of running backs. So I don't know what to do with that that running back core going forward. I think you have both of them, or you had both of them. So that's a decision for you to make. And then yeah, for the Dolphins, it was a really down game. They the weirdest thing is to take two out for they they confirm non injury reason. Um, same, similar situation when they took Fitzpatrick out, but you know two is a rookie, it's like how do you? I feel like it's very bad to put your rookie in and take him out right away. Um, as soon as he has any hint of a bad day. Uh, didn't even throw a pick, which is interesting, but wasn't wasn't have a good day. Got sacked six times. So yeah, really down day for the Dolphins, which is not what they need because they are in the hunt to make the playoffs, but I'm still I'm still on the Broncos offense until they crap the bed again, which will happen at some point.
0: Yeah, I agree. Obviously, you just got rid of Noah fan today. How are you feeling about that?
2: I did get Darren Waller, so I'll be all right. You did,
0: you did. <laughs> Can't complain about that. Uh, Dolphins will go to an impressive six and four still, despite the loss. And the Broncos, uh, Broncos will go to four and six. Next game I want to dig into is the Cowboys at the Vikings. What a surprise we saw in this game! Again, um, we talked about Zeke's performance earlier. Cowboys take this one on the road, thirty-one to twenty-eight. Um, Tyler, again, kind of run me through this game. We talked about Zeke earlier for the Vikings. Adam Thielen another good game, um, Dalvin Cook as well, which we've I guess we've come to expect. But now, kind of moving forward, Thielen's on the COVID list, def- definitely at risk to miss uh, miss Week Twelve, which we'll get
1: into that matchup later. But
0: I guess kind of run me through this game.
1: Yeah, so for I'll start with Minnesota first. The three big boys that people have been starting every year: Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, all had great games, and even. Kirk Cousins himself proved that he can be a streamable option now. He definitely should not be an every-week starter because we know very well that Kirk Cousins is capable of dropping absolute goose eggs here and there. But Plus matchups against the Dallas defense, it's great. And if Thielen does miss time, I mean, fire up Justin Jefferson. You're already starting him, but now you're, his value just increased a ton if Thielen misses a game. Both guys found the end zone. Justin Jefferson, three catches, but... Made a couple big plays. That's kind of what he's done all year. He's been able to get some big plays. I'd like to see a little more targets. I think he will get more targets in this offense, even when Thielen comes back. So no concern there for any of those guys. And then the Cowboys, it's good to see them perform this well against (laughs) We, we didn't think they had anything. I know Minnesota isn't the best defense, but we kind of rid off a lot of these receivers and we said Zeke was going to be awful, but Andy Dalton comes back, he throws three touchdowns, and what an amazing catch by C.D. Lamb. He still only managed four catches for 34 yards, which is nothing crazy. He's still kind of scared to start him since this was a great matchup. But for me, a guy I'm watching is Amari Cooper. Good to see him lead in targets and catches and yards, all those stats. They aren't the guys that they once were. If you have C.D. Lamb in a keeper league, he looks awesome. He's going to be awesome next year. I'm so excited to see what he does. But Amari Cooper may be startable in some of these matchups coming up as like a flex low-end wide receiver too. They do have some tough matchups coming up. But he's a guy that you can kind of look to start now and even CD Lamb as well. Yeah, I
0: agree. Um, I think, you know, we talked about Zeke a lot earlier, so I don't want to bang that drum too much. Um, I think your analysis was um, very good there. Cowboys will go to 3-7, and seven, Vikings to 4-6. and six. Next game I want to talk about is the Packers at the Colts. This one was obviously going to be a really good game. Um, a, couple, a game of two strong defenses. Didn't exactly go that way. Um, Colts take this one at home 34-31. to 31. Backfield woes continue for um, Jonathan Taylor. Um, and then for the Packers, obviously, Devontae Adams did his work. Aaron Jones, uh, mediocre day, like 70, uh, 17, excuse me, fantasy points. Um, Steve kind of take me through this game here.
3: Yeah, I think, uh, my big takeaway was on the the side of the Colts and Phillip rivers seems to be trending upwards. Um, you know, and, and he's not someone that I want to put my, you know, stick my name to and be held accountable for that. But um you know he i think he's heading in the right direction as that team finds its form and and as they start to get healthy and a guy that i'm looking at um is michael pittman and he was somebody that i was looking at uh before the season started as a a late flyer in the draft and a sleeper um he had a great day three catches 66 yards and uh, a touchdown um they seem to be putting some more trust in him as he comes back from injury so That's going to be interesting. There's a lot of targets available there with T.Y. Hilton um, and him falling back to earth. So uh, Michael Pittman is a guy that if he's on your waivers, I would uh, run out and uh, grab him this week.
0: Yeah, I agree. And Rob, you and I were texting again about this earlier in the week. It was actually, we were talking about J.K. Dobbins versus Michael Pittman. I ended up grabbing Pittman. Um, So I like Steve's analysis there. I guess, Rob, between the two of them, who would you take the rest of the season, given their positions, minus Dobbins's COVID scare?
2: Yeah, obviously not including this week. Let me just quickly look, because I don't know the Colts' schedule off the top of my head. Yeah, that's funny. Uh Maybe Pittman. I mean, they got the t- Texans twice, uh, and the Titans, and the Raiders, which Raiders are a good team, but you know, not an incredible defense. Uh, I'm, you, know, you might take Pittman. I mean, it depends on your situation, obviously. Uh, I feel like a lot more running backs have a lot more bigger name running backs have been the ones that have been injured. So that's probably who you're looking to fill the spot of. Um, but you know, if you're not, and and you kind of have your running back depth sorted, Pittman's not a bad option and and a very friendly schedule.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think he's really, you rose to fame a little bit here especially in the past few weeks so it'll be exciting to see what he can do for the rest of the season uh packers or excuse me packers will go to seven and three as well the colts next game i want to talk about is sunday night football here obviously really exciting rivalry game chiefs at the raiders obviously the raiders won this game earlier in the season chiefs take it this time 35 to 31 clyde edwards hilaire had two touchdowns um good to see they finally got the running game going against the Raiders this time. Um, good game for the Raiders as well. Um, you know, kinda up and down. Uh Rob, kinda run me through this game.
2: Uh as I was saying the Raiders defense isn't that bad. I'm not gonna judge it because the Chiefs are obviously the best offense, but Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill eight. Uh both having over hundred yards and a touchdown. Tyreek Hill eleven catches, Travis Kelsey eight catches, so those are the big guys you drafted early from this team with Patrick Mahomes, all three of them had good days. You're happy there. Clyde Edwards. Clyde Edwards the reason we said that they didn't win against the uh, the Raiders. the first time was not getting the running game involved. they clearly fixed that. So that's a good day for him. Do I think it's going to continue forward? Not on this consistent basis, but you're you're happy that Bell doesn't get hasn't been getting involved as much. I think out of the most part, that's what you've taken if you still have Clyde on your team um that Bell really hasn't gotten involved as much as he. Could have been. He did get a touchdown, but still only seven touches. So uh, with the with the Raiders, I'm, I, Aguilar is the biggest surprise there. Waller had his day, the 88 yards and touchdown. Aguilar also had 88 yards and touchdown. Um, that is someone who I'm looking at because I feel like we talk about him every week, and, and every single time we talk about him, we have to joke about the fact that he didn't know how to catch a ball for the Eagles, and now the Eagles have no one that can catch a ball other than Fulgham. Uh, and Aguilar has obviously moved on and, and has somehow revitalized his career with Derek Carr, who's looking like a stud. I think, Ben, you called it a few weeks early. I do. Uh, but you had the foresight to see it, um, and he's now starting to show it. The announcers were all over Carr for this game. If you listen to the game, they, they were talking about how – they almost sounded like Carr was like Tom Brady, uh, the way they're talking about him. But, no, it was a good game for both teams offensively, fantasy-wise. Kind of everyone got involved. Even Josh Jacobs saved the day with a touchdown um, with only having 55 yards. So good days all around for everyone fantasy-wise.
0: Yeah, I agree.
2: Um, it was a really exciting game to watch, obviously, as we knew it would
0: be. Chiefs go to nine and one, Raiders to six and four. Last game I want to talk about here is Monday night football last night. Rams at the Buccaneers. Rams take this one 27 to 24, which I was kind of surprised about. Obviously, two strong defenses, but um, you know, it's Tom Brady and his offense. I thought they would put on a little more of a show. But Jared Goff, I mean, crazy on 376 yards and three touchdowns. Um, a lot to talk about there for, and then Cooper cup had a huge game as well. I feel like every time I turned around, he. Tyler can't hear you, but keep
2: going. See if you can hear. I'm back.
1: I'm back. Oh, okay. I thought that was Craig leaving.
2: Oh no, that was Tyler. No,
1: no, That was me. I just, it just stopped. So I had to rejoin.
0: I can't see the messages, but I'll pick up on my Cooper cup thought. Um. <clears throat> yeah. So for Cooper Cup, I feel like every time I turned around, he was catching the ball. He had 11 receptions for 104 uh, 45 yards, absolutely ridiculous. Robert Woods, fantastic game as well. 12 receptions for 130 yards on the touchdown. So Jared Goff was just feeding the ball today to his receivers. Tom Brady still had 216 yards and two touchdowns. Um, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans each got a touchdown as well. Um, but, again, the Rams take this one 27-24. Tyler, kind of run me through your thoughts
1: quickly on this game. Yeah, awesome to see the Rams play this good against what is kind of been a pretty tough defense. Uh, still no clarity in that backfield. Uh, Daryl Hudson led in carries, but only managed five yards. No one really impressed me. Up in woods, they finally performed together this season. I expect more out of these guys, maybe not ten catches like every single game, but they should each be able to flirt with those kind of numbers through the rest of the season. And then for the Buck side of the ball, I mean, Brady spread the ball out, had a couple bad picks late in the game, and really, I think he cost the Bucks this game, so it's tough to see from Brady. I'm hoping he'll bounce back from this. And then from the running back side, we get even less clarity with Ronald Jones and Fournette as well. Ronald Jones had Ronald Jones had uh, more touches this game, but Fournette scores the touchdown. And neither of them can seem to catch a pass here for Tom Brady. I can see Brady getting frustrated with these guys and not giving them any any targets really. So I could see that hurting their uh, their PPR value for the rest of the playoffs. And hopefully Tom Brady will get it going during practice. But they are just flat out dropping the ball. They they're looking like me out there, to be quite honest.
0: Yeah, I agree. And Tom's definitely going to be frustrated. It's kind of funny. Ginge predicted a dud out of him this week, and it happened. So definitely look for a bounce back from him next week. Um, That'll wrap up our game reviews from week 11. Obviously, a lot of good action. We'll kind of transition here into our second portion of the show. Um, Our transition here, I kind of want to talk about our waiver wire pickups for this week. I still wanted to incorporate that into the show. Obviously, I kind of want to go about this a little differently, though, because, you know, today is Tuesday. Waivers are going to go through for fantasy tonight. So by the time most people listen to this will be Wednesday. Um, I kind of want to dive a little deeper on the uh, the waivers if we can. Guys who might not be picked up um, in the first waiver run. So I guess these will be free agent pickups. Um, Rob, I'll start with you here. You're running back pickup for the week. That's, I mean, you can, you can certainly go with a top waiver if you want, but if you want to
2: go a little deeper, that's encouraged as well. I think kind of a few of my guys are maybe not deeper because of the stage we're in, but also because of the stage we're in were guys that you might not have picked up. So all my guys kind of fit the bill. We'll say I'm in between, but my first guy is James White. Um, he's only rostered in 34.8%. Obviously he's going to be picked up because of the Rex Burkett injury. However, the Patriots' backfield still hasn't been that amazing. So, he, you know, he might clear waivers, um, depending on how your league does it. Uh, he's not, like, you know, the top running back out there. I know a lot of people are picking up either J.K. Dobbins or Gus Edwards because of the COVID situation. Those are kind of the two main guys. But we all know what James White's there for. It's not He's not going to be a every-down back. Damian Harris seemed to solidify that. Sonny Michel also coming back. Don't think he's there for the touches um, in the rushing game. However, he is... At times, the leading receiver. I think this game he had the second most receptions behind Bird or tied Bird with the most receptions. Uh, We know Jacoby Myers has gotten more involved. He'll get more involved. But the Patriots love throwing out of the backfield. Cam Newton isn't, you know, going to toss the ball downfield all the time. He's going to look to dump it off. They can do a lot of RPOs with James White, and I think he just has a ton of value for the Patriots. Getting him, he was miss a lot of time. Um, felt like with injury, but it was really, I think, uh, was his wife, uh, no, he had the family emergency that the, the death in his family. So missed a lot of time there uh, a couple weeks in, and then seems to have really not have been involved in the offense since missing that time. But I think with the Burkett injury, it's time for James White to kind of step up and be, you know, the six receptions for 64 yards and potentially a touchdown, uh, which is what he had last week. Didn't get the touchdown, but six receptions for 64 yards out of the backfield is solid, especially where we are in the season.
0: Yeah, I like that pick a lot. Obviously, he's the dual threat, like you said, especially under Tom Brady. In recent years, we'll see if Cam can get that similar rapport going. Um, I remember a lot, it was either last year or the year before he was like one of the top five running backs through the playoffs just because he was getting so much volume um, in receiving touchdowns. Um, definitely a good pick there. You said 34.8% rostered, I think. Um, I like that one a lot. Tyler, I'll go to you here next, your running back waiver wire slash free agent ad for the week.
1: All right. I'm going to go with a guy that is just at 50% owned that I could see drop this week, but I'm going to go with Carlos Hyde. So we got news that Chris Carson is practicing, and it's looking like he's going to be back for week 12. But when Hyde did start, he was very effective, and it seems like whoever starts on that Seattle offense at running back, is there's going to be fantasy points to be had. Now, even though Carson is practicing, he has a long history of injuries, and this goes all the way back to high school and college. He tore his ACL his senior year of high school, and he had several injuries when he was at Oklahoma State in 2015 and 2016. So his draft stock dropped a lot because of his injuries, and even in his rookie year, he broke his ankle ending his season. 2018, mostly healthy, and then last year, he he only missed one game, and he left two games early, but my point is here, there is a good chance Chris Carson gets re-injured. And if you can get Carlos Hyde when somebody drops him and he does become a starter in the playoffs, you won. And if you, if you own Chris Carson, you absolutely need to hold on to Carlos Hyde. Yeah, I
0: agree. I think he's a really important handcuff. Obviously, we've seen that recently with um, Chris Carson being out. So I like that pick up there. Steve, I'll come to you here next for your, uh, your running back pick for this week.
3: Yeah. Um. For me, I'm looking at that Ravens backfield, and I know uh, a big emphasis is on Gus Edwards, but uh, Justice Hill. You know, we're talking about guys who may make that. You know, following free agent ad. Um, I'm just in on the Ravens backfield. I, I think that their schedule and, um, you know, who knows how long. If this is going to be a two-week absence for Ingram and Dobbins, then I think it opens the door for. Uh, a potential where hill does better this thursday and then he's the go-to guy the uh the week after so if you're if you're on the fence in your standings and trying to make the cut in the playoffs then he could be a key add for you
0: yeah i like that pick a lot um well i I guess you named a few guys but justice hill especially i had him on my roster for a little while last year because i thought there was some opportunity obviously that never happened um and then he just kind of got pushed out of the way this year. So, definitely um, the backfield with their schedule is something to watch as well. I'm kind of going handcuff central here with my pick. Um, I'm going Boston Scott. He's 34.5% rostered. Um, obviously, like we said, this offense is just in shambles right now. Carson Wentz is bad. Um, <clears throat> but Boston Scott proved he could come in and. Perform when he needed to, when Miles Sanders is out. Um, that's re- I mean that's really all I have to say about him. His you know he's only a 34% rostered. You know heading into the playoffs, Miles Sanders owners probably want to have him again as that handcuff. Um, so he's going to be my pick there, Steve. Uh, with these, I go right back. I turn right back down the line. So I'm going to come here to you for your wide receiver pick for this week.
3: Yeah. um, You know, I'm going to go to a guy that I talked about earlier um, when I wasn't really sure if we were going to be doing waivers, but Michael Pittman, um, because I know Tyler hyped up Corey Davis. So I'll take Michael Pittman. Um, I want all the stock of him. Um, I would take Dobbins over him with, with that question that you asked Rob earlier, just because I put such a high value on running backs. But uh, he seems to be emerging as the guy. Um, and And we'll see if he's able to continue that chemistry, but a flex definitely. And if he's able to continue that a possible wide receiver too, uh, based on their schedule and with Phillip rivers, uh, starting to trend upwards. So,
0: yeah, I agree. I like that pick as well. I think, um, obviously, you know, we, you know what you get out of Phillip rivers so he can, um, definitely support a top, a top wide receiver. Um, as he has in the past with Keenan Allen, of course, um, and then bringing up lower-end talent. So I think that's a good pick. Um, Tyler, I'll come back to you here um, for your wide receiver pick for the week.
1: All right, and that's a guy that we did talk about a little bit before as well. It's Nelson Aguilar. He's 16% owned right now. You are definitely taking a risk if you're picking him up and intending on starting him. But he does have great matchups to get you into the playoffs. He plays Atlanta next week and then the Jets those he has the, the real chance to boom those games it's a risky start but if you're desperate you can start him
0: yeah we've talked about him a lot um well it started out with hunter renfro and then it was now Nels, uh nelson agalor and he's kind of like rob said revived his career this year which is great to see so i mean he's definitely someone you can grab and you know take as a flyer if you need to through the playoffs especially if an injury happens um so i like your pick there Rob, I'll let you wrap. Well, I'll go after, but Rob, I'll go to you here. Your wide receiver pick for this week.
2: Um, so mine was going to be Nelson Aguilar. I thought this week that we finally moved from just being solid to actually being pick-up-able. Uh We've always talked about him just being solid, but it's always said stay away from him because that offense, there's a couple of different options there. However, I do have a backup. It's Tim Patrick um, from the Broncos. Uh, he is rostered. I don't have it right in front of me. I had it, I had it in front of me, but he was, he's not rostered in a very large amount of leagues, obviously. Uh, had a big boom game here. Eight targets. Uh, Five receptions for 119 yards. I think I had talked about a couple weeks ago as potentially being um, rosterable when Fant was down with an injury because there wasn't as many options. Jerry Judy, while he's incredibly talented, is more of the deep ball threat. KJ Hamler's fast, but hasn't been getting as involved. Um, And it's really Tim Patrick is kind of the leaning on or the shoulder Drew Locke leans on um, when he just needs to find someone. He's more of the higher volume targets um, than someone like Jerry Judy. So I think there's value there. There's a lot of targets there. Um, and, and then when, you know, when we're taking stabs at random wide receivers on frequency, I think Tim Patrick's a pretty solid one, tough schedule, but you know, it's not horrible.
0: Yeah, I think we mentioned him a couple weeks ago. I don't remember if we had him as a stutter and a sender. Um, but I definitely agree with you there. Obviously Jerry Judy on the team as well, but Tim Patrick's kind of creating his own path, which is, um, really cool to see. I was torn between two players here, um, My first one was Michael Gallup because he's only 40% rostered, and obviously Andy Dalton's coming back. Um, But I'm going to go, I'm going to lock it in with Josh Reynolds from the Rams. He's only 24% rostered. Um, You know, this week wasn't a great sample. He only had three receptions for 32 yards. But over the past three weeks, I mean, he's had a floor of between four and eight targets. Um, He has two receiving touchdowns on the year. So, I mean, he's definitely not their top option by any means. Obviously, that's Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. Um, Van Jefferson had a touchdown this week as well. So that at least tells you that Jared Goff is, you know, trying to spread the ball around. I think Josh Reynolds is a really good talent and definitely someone worth rostering, um, into the playoffs here, especially if an injury happens to copper woods. Um, he'd definitely be someone to own. Um, so that's why I'm going to pick him there. Rob for tight end. I'll come right back to you here. Um, your pick for this week.
2: I've had him before uh he's did had a good week and that's kind of why i'm picking him but it's big bob Tanyan. uh i just kind of like saying bob Tanyan too i think that's probably more of it but you know the packers obviously aaron Rodgers is very good um he is the leading or he is the number one tight end on that team good quarterback good a decent tight end you take that every time we talk about it every every week you know the tight end goal is five catches for around 40 to 50 yards and a touchdown literally exactly what he had. He had five catches on five targets for 44 yards and a touchdown. That is like outside of your top tight ends, a dream tight end week. Um, And he had it and I just think, you know, Aaron Rodgers has clearly likes him even in bad games, like still tries to look for him here and there. Uh, For tight all all things considered for tight ends, I think he's very solid and very talented. Um, And we'll continue to build that chemistry with Rodgers.
0: Yeah, I'm just going to go here too. I also had Robert Tunyon, 41% owned. Um, I literally had all the same points as you. If it's, he's volume-driven, though, um, like you said, with the targets. If he gets if he gets like five receptions, he just has a super high floor. Every time he does reach that five-reception mark, his minimum is like 13 fantasy points. Um, I don't really need to beat the drum or report uh, repeat any of the facts you stated, but um, I had him as well. So, Tyler, I'll go on to you here, your tight end ad for this week.
1: Uh, to me, the tight end landscape hasn't really changed that much. Uh, no big injuries this week so i'm gonna skip tight ends and say you should go out and get yourself a defense if you have a defense that doesn't have that good of matchups and a team that i'm looking at is san francisco right now and before you go out and pick up san francisco obviously look at what's available on your waiver wire defenses get dropped like crazy i'm in a 12-man league that's competitive but the indianapolis colts just got dropped last week so there's a that's a team that I'm definitely targeting. But back to San Francisco, weeks 14 and 15 for playoff matchups, they get the Washington football team and Dallas. So those are winnable games for them. I think San Francisco defense has underperformed this year, even with all the injuries they've had. I think they can still be a pretty scary defense to play against, and they can they might be able to bully those teams. So that's a team that I'm looking at picking up.
0: Yeah, I respect it. I like that you're being honest and um, giving us your opinion on the tight end landscape, and I appreciate the defensive share, um, Steve. I'll go here, or I'll go to you next here to wrap up the tight ends.
3: Yeah, I think uh, Dalton Schultz is a guy, thirty five percent owned in leagues. I've I've had him uh, because tight end was not a spot that I addressed in my draft, and I've really I had, was really just you know trying to pluck players that i can get some value out of i think with andy dalton coming back um you know he's going to look for a safety blanket and i don't think it's going to be amari cooper streaking down the field i do think it's going to be somebody like schultz who can can block as well so he's going to be on the field a lot so i just think your floor there um you know i think he's averaged 10 points in the games that he's played so with tight end being as thin as, thin as it is um you know if you're hurting for a tight end he's he'd be my uh, guy to look at
0: yeah, I think that's fair. We we talked about him. Or, or, uh, I can't even talk earlier in the season. Um, you know, his production's kind of been up and down, but definitely someone you can fly in a week if you need to. Um, I won't make you talk back to back because I already did my tight end. I'll start off the quarterbacks. Um, Rob kind of teed it off for me earlier, but I'm going Derek Carr. Um, like Rob said, you know, I've been touting him for a few weeks. The ascent was coming, and it's here. Um he's only forty eight percent owned, which is kind of shocking to me. Um, but then again, there are a lot of really good quarterbacks out there. Um, did have an off game at Denver, but then he has Atlanta New York Jets the next two weeks. Um, I think he, he continues to, I think he continues his ascent in these games and he's definitely someone that you can use to make the playoffs or through the playoffs if you really need to. Um so Steve, I'll go back to you here for your quarterback ad.
3: Yeah. For me, um I don't know what like your threshold is, but I I love Ryan Tannehill's schedule down the stretch in the fantasy playoffs. So right now he's owned in about 60% of leagues. Um and he, he I don't like the the difference between him and you know some of the better quarterbacks in the league right now is like 15 to 20 points. And I think with his schedule down the line, he his floor is usually just so high. He's not usually turning the ball over as well. So um, I'm a high-floor person. That's what I look for, uh, and he's someone that I'd be looking for. If you're hurting for a quarterback or looking you know, at your quarterback currently and, and you don't like his schedule in the playoffs, that's someone who I'd be looking at to to grab.
0: Yeah, I agree. Schedule's huge, um, especially given this landscape for the rest of the season. So I like that call there. Tyler, I'll come to you here next for your quarterback ad for the rest of the season or for this yeah. week. Excuse me.
1: Yeah um philip rivers is a guy that i'm eyeing uh he's 14 percent owned right now he's got some very good matchups up until the finals he's got tennessee plays houston twice and the raiders those are all plus matchups and he's been improving his game a lot lately he started off very slow this was a new offense for him kind of expected that but he's starting to impress a little bit. He played very well against the Green Bay Secondary, who I believe is a very good secondary. And They had Jari Alexander. They had everybody that game. And he threw for almost 300 yards and three touchdowns. So, he's definitely a streamable option for the next four weeks.
0: Yeah, that's wild. Actually, you know, they have so many. I mean, the team is what it is, but they have, you know, so many good weapons. I mean, Amari Cooper, uh, C.D. Ham, fantastic catch last week. Obviously, Zeke, we talked about So I think that's a really strong pick, and um, yeah, given their division, it's wild that they can still make the playoffs, but um, best of luck to them as they try to do that. So that'll wrap up our waiver ads for this week. Um, I do want to get a little Ascenders and Descenders in here before we hop into the Week 12 previews. Uh, We'll just do, you you three will go. I'll do one Ascender and one Descender each. Um, Rob, since you're still warm from talking, I'll let you go first. Who's your Ascender and who's your Descender?
2: Uh, so my ascender, I had to, and just so you don't get excited that I'm talking about Deontay Johnson, I'm going to go with Michael Thomas. Um, I, I was going to go with Deontay, but I'm going to stick with Michael Thomas only because, uh, we talked about him last week and it was very grim, you know, finds found like three different ways to, you know, get missed p- most of the season has an injury, gets in a fight and then re-injures himself in practice. I mean, it seemed like if you, and, and, and in our league, obviously, but yeah, no, Michael Thomas, we had him last week as potentially or oh, we just kind of talked about him obviously found a way different different ways to miss the season gets injured comes back um, gets in a fight in practice so they sit him comes back gets injured in practice so they have to sit him again you know they and then and then has kind of some bad weeks to start off the season it was not the michael thomas that went in the first round in most drafts if not right at the start of the second round depending on um, how many teams in your league so he had a very good week um, this week, and I think that with Taysom Hill, and even when Drew Brees comes back down the line, if that's if that's even in the fantasy season, um, because there is rumors, obviously, that we talked about earlier, Drew Brees might miss four-plus weeks, and that would obviously push him out of, um, or towards the end of the fantasy season. Now recording. Season. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to ignore him and not follow that, but... Um, I'll, I'll continue where I left off, but... So yeah, Michael Thomas. Uh, basically, Drew Brees might not come back for the till the end of fantasy season. So he clearly has a decent relationship with Taysom Hill, and and I think that'll push him going forward. Do you want me to also give you my descender now, or do you want to go ascenders first?
0: Nope. I want you to give me your descender.
2: Okay. Well, I'm gonna go with Traz, Travis Fulgham, who's already started his descend. I think the last two weeks he had eight, catch, uh, one reception for eight yards. Um, and back to back weeks, not good. Looked like he was going to be kind of like one, another surprise story of the season as a talented guy that um, came out of nowhere, had a, had a fun story to get to the where he was in the NFL. Um, but Carson Wentz just is not good at all. Steve already talked about it. I don't have to say too much more about that, but Carson Wentz just isn't it. The Eagles just aren't it. I hope they – they play so bad that I almost want to see the Cowboys in the playoffs. That's how bad they play. Um, I hope they lose their spot. I'd rather see the football team in it, actually, but – I I do hope the Eagles do not make the playoffs because they do not deserve it with the way they're playing. They have right now the most talent with the least amount of injuries, in my opinion. And Travis Fulgham is one of them, and he has not done anything. And I just, even if he does kind of return to getting a few catches a game, there's just not enough efficiency in that offense to make him worth anything. Yeah,
0: fair enough. I like your picks there. Um, Tyler, I'll go to you next here. You're one ascender and one descender for the rest of the season. All
1: right, I had him last week, but I'm sticking with him because he had a bad week. I'm going Lamar Jackson. Played very bad against a bad Titans defense. I think he should have done way better than that, but I still think he's going to take over at some point. He was the MVP last season for a reason. The Ravens just don't seem as good as they were last year. Marquise Brown has been an absolute no-show this season. Hopefully he can catch something that's not COVID, and Mark Andrews is starting to play better. So... Finally, something good that I could say about that offense is Mark Andrews. I mean, this game could potentially be canceled, the Thursday night uh, Turkey Day game, because uh, 10 guys on the Ravens just tested positive, five players, five personnel. Hopefully it doesn't spread at all. Hopefully everyone stays safe and we can watch some football. But also, if there are two guys that miss the game and the game goes on, there's going to be one running back in Gus Edwards versus Pittsburgh. That means Lamar Jackson's going to have to run the ball. And outside of that, he has perfect playoff matchups. Week 14, he's got Cleveland, 15 Jacksonville, and week 16, the New York Giants. I'm hoping those will all be 25-plus point games, maybe even some 30-plus point games in there. If your trade deadline hasn't passed, I think now is the right time to try and get him after he just played bad against
0: the Tennessee Titans. Yep. I agree. I think – well, what do you – actually, never mind. I'll just move on. I'll go to Steve here. Steve, who's going to be your ascender and descender for the rest of the season?
3: Uh, So, my ascender, I talked about him in the waivers, and I'm just very high on the Titans just because I I love their brand of football and especially as it starts to get colder. um, I just love – Mike Rabel and his culture that he's building down there. So Ryan Tannehill, tough matchup against the Colts this, uh, this week. So, uh, as I talked about only owned in around 60% of league. So if your deadlines at the end of the week, I I know some people who play through week 17, their deadlines next week, um, maybe your last opportunity to scoop him up after, uh, what looks like a tough matchup this week. But after that, I view him, uh, having a, a really strong rest of the season. And, uh, for my descender, I'm going with josh allen i know uh i know I, I get a lot of flack for for saying josh allen is is average and and not as good as he is uh is portrayed or, or playing right now or like his stats may show but upcoming games against san francisco pittsburgh and new england defense which you know has its days miami so not a friendly stretch at all uh, especially for the fantasy playoffs so um again with us talking about uh, the trade deadline. I think this is an opportunity for uh, people to sell high on uh, Josh Allen. Yeah, I, I will like...
1: inter. Let go me intervene f- real yeah, quick because I forgot to do my
3: descender.
1: That was Stefan Diggs. Well,
0: let me, let me finish. Oh, okay, go ahead.
1: Sorry. sorry yeah. Stefan Diggs, because of his week 15 and 16 matchups, he's the number five receiver in PPR. And you're obviously going to start him. But in these matchups, he should be more viewed as a wide receiver too. Week fifteen, they played Denver, and he's gonna be matched up against Chris Harris, most likely. And then week sixteen, he's gonna be playing New England and could be Stefan Gilmore. So those are gonna to be tough matchups for him. You're obvious you're gonna start him, but don't expect as much out of him.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say I like the Tannehill pick. We've kind of touted him in this area um at prior times in the season. You know, obviously, A.J. Brown is a fantastic asset for him and Derek Henry even on the the running side of the ball. Josh Allen, we've talked about him in this descending position as well. Um, So we're no stranger to that pick on the Fantasy Frenzy podcast. It is unfortunate given he started the season on like an MVP caliber um, and just has regressed since then. So...
3: um, he also like had that. an extremely soft schedule to start the season as well, so now that he's starting to shape up here. Um, it, I mean, it, it, if he's able to pull this off through this final stretch of the season, then you'll you'll hear me giving him uh, the credit that he deserves. So.
0: All right, very fair, very fair. We'll see what happens. Um, that'll wrap up our Ascenders and Descenders for this week. Next, I want to dive into the Week 12 games. For this, I kind of want to just like give me a highlight on a couple of play on a couple of key players, and then who you think's going to win the game. Um, we got three thir- uh, Thanksgiving Day games. Is this this coming Thursday? G's tripping over my words. I'm really excited to watch football all day long. My family's in quarantine, so I'll be hanging with my lovely fiance all day, making dinner and watching football. Um, First game is at 1230. Rob, take me through the Texans and the Lions.
2: Uh, the one thing I'll say is it's it's very hard to break this down at its current state because we don't know the status of DeAndre Swift, um, who we talked about last week. I think that's a big name right there, and that'll change the way this game is played. Texans coming off a big victory. Um, they'll have everyone. I think, regardless, the Texans win this game. Um, but for fantasy-wise, I'm watching to see if DeAndre Swift comes back. Uh, and if not, then um, I don't know if I'd even run Adrian Peterson, um, even without DeAndre Swift, if he's even healthy. I don't even know the state of Adrian Peterson right now. Um, I know Carryon Johnson's getting some love. But I don't love, either way, even if DeAndre Swift comes back, I don't love the Detroit backfield. Um, the Texans coming off from holding the, the Patriots to a decent day. So I'm staying away from the backfield, but I do like a lot of the receivers in this game, um, if healthy Galladay and, and Will Fuller and, and, and the likes of them. And both quarterbacks could have a good day.
0: Yeah, so Texans going to Detroit. Who you got in this game, Rob? Oh, I, yeah, Texans to wait
2: either way. I, that's why I started with that. It was, I think the Texans oh, pulled, you, us, Dad, pulled I'm this I'm one sure. out regardless of DeAndre Swift.
0: Gotcha. Next game I want to dig into, Washington at the Cowboys, obviously coming off a big win. Tyler, run me through this game, and who who's your pick for this
1: game? Yeah, so a couple guys that I'm looking at, considering starting on the Dallas side. You're obviously starting Zeke. But it's Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb, and I think you can start them in kind of flex positions against this Washington secondary. They're pretty good defense, but should be good. Terry McLaurin, fire up as usual. Antonio Gibson, this is a plus matchup for him. I think you got to start him. And then Alex Smith is a potential streamer option for QB, I think. So they're, they're both still competing for the division, and this is kind of Dallas' Super Bowl, the Thanksgiving game. Very disappointing season. I actually think they're going to come out on top. I don't feel super confident about that, but I think they're going to play really hard, and we're going to see a good game here.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, Next game I want to dig into, Ravens at the Steelers. Obviously, this one's going to be a really good game as well. Steve, kind of take me through this, their defenses, and who you got picked for this game.
3: Yeah, I think – Ravens really putting their season on the line here, um, you know, with, with a little over a month to go, um, you know, really need to start heading in the right direction. And I think after uh, a gut punch loss to the Titans, I do think they're going to bounce back. I also think the Steelers sort of slept through the Jaguars game. So um, I am banking on an upset here uh, by the Ravens on Thanksgiving night.
0: Yeah, um, I agree with you on that pick as well. Um, again, a couple really good defenses, but it'll be interesting to watch Thursday night either way. Rob, charges and the bills take me through this game. Um, obviously, we just talked about Josh Allen. So what are you expecting and who's your pick?
2: Uh, yeah, no, I think we've been pretty fair on Josh Allen. We, we know the hard schedule is coming up. This not one of the games. Chargers play teams tough, but they, um, you know, not amazing defense. Hopefully this is the return of Eckler. I, you know, it, it, it'll be hit and miss. I don't love the backfield. If there's no Eckler, if there an Eckler, then certainly watch it. Maybe you don't start him. It's not We're not in fantasy playoffs yet, so if, if you're in a situation where you have him and, and you already don't, if you're already con- convincingly in the playoffs or something like that, um, I wouldn't risk it. So I don't love the backfield for the Chargers in this one because it's just too many questions on who's playing, who's the lead guy, um, and, and what's going on there. I do love, you know, Diggs and Allen in this one. Well, all all the Allens. Start all the Allens, Keenan and Josh. Uh, And and even the Bills' defense hasn't been as good as it was last year. It's shown some cracks at times. So I'm not even afraid of Keenan Allen or anything like that. Um, Maybe you don't go as deep as Mike Williams. And Herbert, you've picked up at this point. He's not a streamer option. He's a bona fide starter every week. So I don't know if I even pull back on that against the Bills. The, The Chargers. Love, I have have been so good at staying in these games that I think there's fantasy value all around. I'm just staying away from the backfields in both cases because, well, I already hate the Buffalo Bills backfield. Yeah, I,
0: again, we've talked about them. And Bills um, to win, never, by the uh, way.
2: But okay. I, think, I thought that was kind of obvious.
0: Yes, it, it was very obvious. But um, backfield woes for sure. Next game I want to dig into is the Titans at the Colts. Tyler, take me through this
1: game and who you think will win. All right, we've got a good old revenge game coming up, and I think the Titans are going to be able to put up more points and look like a more fluent offense than they did last time. Uh, I don't think Corey Davis should be looked at as a starter because this is a tough matchup, but I think A.J. AJ Brown and Derrick Henry can have good days, as well as Tannehill. Shouldn't be at the top of your streamer option, but he could do good here. And Phillip Rivers, he should be a better streamer option specifically this week over Tannehill. I know I'm going to eat those words later. Listening to what I just said, Philip Rivers over Tannehill sounds crazy. Pittman is a great start this week. If you're kind of looking for a guy to pick up this week and start, he'd be a great option. The running back landscape, it's its so unpredictable for me. I'm so happy that I don't have shares of those guys in the offense, but I guess you could start Jonathan Taylor against this Tennessee defense. I, I just said it's a revenge game, so I guess I'm picking Tennessee. You did.
0: I think that's a fair pick. Um, Titans going on the road, you know, Colt, Colts defense stronger, especially against the pass and tight ends. Um, so maybe not such a good week for Johnu, but we'll – I mean, we'll be excited to watch that game either way. Next game, Steve, take me through the Panthers and the Vikings and who you think will be victorious in this game.
3: Yeah, I think right now big question marks in regards to this game with Thielen um... – on the COVID list and the quarterback situation for the Panthers up in the air. But as long as Dalvin cook is out there in the backfield for the Vikings, uh, they are playing in Minnesota. So I'm going to give them the edge. I think that they're going to make a a strong push in the second half here. Uh, But Dalvin cook, if Thielen doesn't go um, I know Tyler mentioned before uh, Justin Jefferson but I'm expecting a big day from Cook. Uh, so I, I'll take the Vikings there.
0: Yeah, really good uh, opportunity for Cook against the Panthers defense. So I like your analysis there. Rob, I'm going to come to you here for the Browns and the Jaguars. Um, run me through and who you think will win.
2: Uh, yeah, so I'm going to say Browns pretty convincing win. It should be uh, where they are in the season. They're trying to prove themselves and because they are going to be in the playoffs at this point, the way, way the AFC shaping up. Um, they're obviously going to stay behind uh, they could even, they you know, they're ahead of the Ravens or they could be ahead of the Ravens too in that division at the end of the season. So the big game for them to just kind of go in and convincingly win like they should. Um, so i like, you know, the backfield of Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. I like both of them. I think there's value for both of them. I think we've seen that week in, week out, um, even with Hunt's bad week uh, last week. You know, James Robinson, we talked about being a dud the rest of the season. This might be one more week that you could play him. The Browns Defense is rush defense is good, but there's still value there. Um, The quarterback situation is still a mess. I don't think um, Luton's the guy. I don't think Minshew's really the guy. I think that's who they're going to target in the draft. So I am afraid of Chark Um, and for the 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 Browns kind of receivers. I don't really know. I know I I don't like any of them uh, realistically, even though they kind of still put up good weeks as a whole team. um, I'd be looking more at Austin Hooper as a streamer more than anything.
0: Yeah, and who do you have to win? Browns. Okay, fair enough. Um, Tyler, want to come to you here next. Giants to the Bengals. Obviously no um, no Joey B, no Joe Mixon either for the Bengals. It looks like it's going to be another Geo game against the Giants. So run me through this game and who you think will win.
1: Yeah, the Bengals should lean on on, uh, Giovanni Bernard a lot. Um, I'm only starting Tyler Boyd out of these receivers. I know we talked up T. Higgins a little bit, but Tyler Boyd, he's gotten you this far. Scared to see what he'll do this game with the new guy at quarterback. And the Giants, I could definitely see myself starting Wayne Gallman if I owned him. He's been pretty impressive as lately. The Giants should be ahead in this game. They should be able to run out the clock um i'm not expecting a ton of points out of this game so i'm hesitant to start any pass catcher outside of tyler boyd in this game uh daniel jones is a pretty good streaming option here as well and then the giants defense could be a great streaming option against a qb that hasn't had a lot of practice reps with this first team offense so with all that being said i think the giants take this one
0: I think that's fair. I think, you know, obviously the Bengals are reeling, especially on offense. So it could be a good opportunity for Daniel Jones to um, get some momentum going. Next game is the Cardinals at the Patriots, our hometown game. Um, Selfishly, I texted Rob today saying that we were going to have to watch Kyler run all over the Patriots um, because he is my fantasy quarterback. But regardless of that, Steve, run me through this game and who you think will win. Try to be non-biased if possible.
3: Yeah, I mean, if, if anybody knows me and my history covering, uh, you know, the local sports teams is I'm, I'm always more hard on them than I am other teams. Um, I think the path for the Patriots is closed to the playoffs, but I expect them to do what they normally do and give a sense of hope. And so I, I would not surprise me if the Patriots go out there if cam newton has a day um you know last week was sort of like a fluffy 350 yards because of that you know 50 yard hail mary at the end but um i expect him to go out there and have a day um i because i do think that there are question marks about kyler murray's shoulder and i think the patriots will pull it out and then we'll go back into the cycle again of oh there's a path to the playoffs there's a path to the playoffs uh, but i think Hell that door exactly shut, we will but I think that door shut, but I, I expect to get some false hope uh, on Sunday. So I'll take the Patriots there.
0: All right. Fair enough. Rob, next game, division game, Dolphins at the Jets. Um, for me, kind of a bounce back game for the Dolphins here. Um, and I'm going to fly their defense again this week. Obviously, that didn't pan out last week, but, I mean, it's the Jets. So take me through this game
2: and, I mean,
0: pretty obvious who's going to win, but unless you think otherwise, feel free to share.
2: No, the Dolphins really can't afford to lose this game, so I won't say it's them. Again, they're another team that's in the hunt um, and, and a team that can surprise people by being in the playoffs and, and be kind of scary in the playoffs, especially if they can get Tua working. I expect to see him back in, um, earn his spot back. I believe they already had said that. Like, you know, we sat him, wasn't performing well. Just thought Tannehill, uh, not Tannehill, Fitzpatrick gave him the chance to win the game better. Um, so I expect to see Tua back in. Should be a bounce-back game for him. I don't see the, the Jets could still, be, still score points. I mean, the Dolphins' defense did... Um, get beat up a little bit by the Broncos. Um, I don't love anyone in the game really on either side, though, um, from a fantasy perspective, though. I think it'll be a convincing win for the Dolphins, but I can't pinpoint, you know, enough people who will do it, Um, and especially if Salvan, uh, Ahmed or whatever is out, uh, or or even still kind of banged up that running back core is too uh, much of a concern to start really anyone from this game.
0: Yeah, I think this game's going to be a barn burner, Um, unless the Dolphins' defense just makes a ton of stuff happen which could easily happen but um we'll watch either way last game of the early window raiders at the falcons tyler run me through this game um obviously julio questionable to play this week um so share me your thoughts on who you think will win
1: yeah two teams that aren't very reliable defensively especially when it comes to their uh, secondary so this could be a pretty high scoring game Uh, Derek carr is kind of in a groove right now so Like we talked about Nelson Aguilar being a potential pickup, this is one of the games you would definitely start him in if you're looking to pick him up. And outside of that, obviously, Waller's smash play. Hopefully, Josh Jacobs can start to find the end zone a little bit. Uh, This Atlanta defense is pretty mediocre against the run, but he's a guy you're obviously starting. And on the other side of the ball, same with Todd Gurley. This is a plus matchup for him. You're starting Julio and Calvin Ridley. No matter what, I think it's pretty obvious with this Atlanta offense. This is a good matchup for Matt Ryan as well. All that being said, I think the Raiders take it. We could see an upset here. I know the Raiders should be the favorite here, but I wouldn't be shocked if Atlanta pulls it out, but I would stick with the Raiders.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. Obviously, you know, they're kind of the better team. The Falcons just have such a, like, a high-flying receiving core. It just doesn't make sense to me. But – um We'll see what happens. We'll move into the afternoon window now for Sunday. First game will be the Saints at the Broncos. Um, Steve, take me through this game again. Haven't heard, expecting Taysom Hill to start again, Um, and we'll look to get Alvin Kamara more involved than he was this week. Um, So kind of share with me your thoughts with this game and who you think will win.
3: Yeah, I think the Saints uh, will continue to protect Taysom Hill. I mean, I don't expect him to to blow us away with his arm, but – between him and Kamara, I think they have, uh, you know, just those two I feel like alone could beat the the Broncos. So um, I'm expecting them to, to stay hot and, and you know, we'll continue to, to talk about Taysom Hill and his performance at quarterback.
2: Potential streamer option is, I know a lot of people are looking at him um, for this week because he actually had a good QB performance. Now that he's lost his tight end status, he got dropped a bunch. I yeah. mean
3: his uh his ability to to gain yards on the ground just make him so much more valuable. Mm-hmm. So I think as I think you know with Kamara with Mike Thomas back, I just think uh, you know the the talent there is just too much for Denver to overcome. So I'll take the uh, Saints there.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, completely. And they're obviously a much better team like you said. Next game we want to dig into is the 49ers at the Rams. Um, Rob, kind of run me through this game. Obviously, we've talked about like the roller coaster of injuries for the Rams this, or excuse me, for the Forty Niners this year. Um, the Rams caught off a big win against the Bucks at home now. So, kind of share me, um, share with me your thoughts and who you think will take this one.
2: Yeah, we saw a lot of Cam Akers um, last game or last night, uh, we should say. Surprising performance from the Rams. The Rams are a, a, a very solid team, but it seemed like anytime they're in big games, like last night. Um, the offense kind of underperforms at times. Uh, we obviously saw it in the Super Bowl uh, a few years back, and it's a, still a very similar offense. Uh, but now with a game like this, especially with uh, more banged up 49ers, I'm staying away from the backfield because again, they're getting can makers involved. Daryl Henderson still involved. Malcolm Brown still involved. All of the likes are I'm staying away from that. 49ers can't get lucky with it, uh, or can't get lucky with injuries to the running back. So I'm still nervous of kind of anyone in that backfield. But I do like um all the Rams wide receivers I know you mentioned Josh Reynolds um earlier I think there's value in all of them they get them all involved uh and and, and then that and I think Jordan Reed is back and maybe Debo Samuel so those are people I'm watching uh for the 49ers and, and potentially pick up a bull because I know a lot of people drop Debo because he hasn't basically played all year and Jordan Reed will get injured after this game so let's get some points out of him while we can
0: Yeah, um, I think that's a fair call. I know you started – actually, no, I was thinking another player. I think that's good analysis for this game either way. Um, Last game of the afternoon window, Tyler. Take me through the Chiefs and the Buccaneers and who you think will win.
1: Oh, this is a game that everyone has had circled on their calendar since the schedules came out. Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes again. It's going to be such an exciting game. I think there are going to be a lot of points to be had. I mean, it's KC, so that's kind of the case every single time. You're obviously starting the big boys. Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, Patton Holmes are going to be awesome this game, and then Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I think, is very startable in this matchup. I think he's kind of touchdown dependent at this point. Uh, the Bucks' run defense has been pretty solid. They were great last year, and they're still pretty solid this year, so I think he's going to need to score a couple touchdowns to make a good fantasy day. On the other side of the ball, I think Antonio Brown's been getting more involved in this offense, and you obviously have to start your guys because they're playing KC. Even though they have a pretty good secondary, it's KC, and there's going to be a lot of points. Tom Brady will be able to spread out the ball. You can fire up Brown, Godwin, Evans, and Gronk as well. Hopefully they'll all score. If I had to pick, I would choose still Ronald Jones over Leonard Fournette. I don't feel great about either of those guys but this is a plus matchup against KC's run defense hopefully one of them can catch the ball and kind of separate themselves but who knows if you need to you can start those guys at a flex and with all that being said KC's a way better team than the bucks but i'm biased and i'm taking brady no
0: okay um I don't know. I don't know. I thought the Bucks defense was going to do better this week against the Rams, um, and the Chiefs are just so powerful. Although Brady is always big off a loss. So I don't know. This is a tough one for me. Um, we'll go with your analysis and move on from there. Sunday night game we'll dig into. longtime rivalry game. Should be a really good game. Bears at the Packers. Um, Steve, kind of unpack this game for me, no pun intended, and tell me who you think's going to win.
3: I think you're headed in the right direction there uh packers i just don't think the the bears have enough on offense to really mount any sort of challenge and i i do think it'll be close because i feel like these teams usually play close it'll probably be a slow game uh a lower scoring game but i think the packers after their um performance last week are going to want to to rebound pretty strongly here so um you know i have faith in uh Aaron Rodgers and and he's gonna find that connection with um Adams a couple of times uh like he usually does week in and week out so and as long as they have Aaron Jones and as long as they're involving him in the game plan because I know that Rodgers likes to sort of stray off of that game plan and do his own thing I I think as long as they're consistent in giving Jones at least you know 15-20 touches I think they'll uh, be in a good mix for a victory there
0: yeah, I agree with you. Um, I'm an Aaron Jones owner, so I really like to hear what you're saying. Um, either way, I think it'll be a good game, probably lower scoring and slow, like you said, just given the two teams. Um, but it'll be good to watch either way for Sunday night. Last game we'll talk about is Monday Night Football Seahawks at the Eagles. Rob, kind of take me through this game and who you think's going to win.
2: Well, I think I know who's going to win, and that is the Seattle Seahawks. But, um, yeah, no, I like – DK and Lockett, um, and whoever is the running back of the Seahawks at the time, uh, whether that's Chris Carson or Carlos Hyde, um, might be a little concerning if it's, if it's still both of them, why they ease Chris Carson back in. Um, I don't really like the Eagles in this one. Obviously the Seahawks have been exposed time and time and time again, um, defensively. They've gotten better. They showed that last week against the Cardinals. They have gotten a little bit better defensively and there's nothing exciting about the Eagles offense. So the only person I'm looking there is maybe Dallas Goddard um, after the game he had. I think there's some value in him um, before Zer- Ertz comes back, but that's about it. Uh, I don't really love um, anyone else. I don't think the Seahawks receivers' depth chart-wise past Lockett and DK get enough targets on a consistent basis um, to be startable.
0: Yeah, I think this game's uh, an easy one as well for the Seahawks. Um, we talked about the Eagles a bunch of times today, so I'm not going to dig into that. Um, but that will wrap up our game previews for week 12. Um, obviously, happy Thanksgiving. We'll wrap up this episode here with Tyler's Turkey Day bets. Um, hopefully he can get a better record than last week because we are due. So I will hand it over to Tyler.
1: Oh, shit. Here we go again, Ben. <laughs> so this is just for Turkey Day. I got a pick for every single game this week. I'm going to tweet out my favorite ones, but for all you lucky listeners, you get to fade every single pick that I have. You are going to get rich. So, we'll start out. Houston versus Detroit. I'm taking the over. I think it's a bounce-back game for Detroit after getting shut out. Uh, Big if Swift plays. Big on that over. Houston defense isn't that good. I'll take the over. And then Washington-Dallas. I'm taking the over on that game as well. It's over 46. That's pretty low. Both teams are still competing a lot. Dallas defense sucks. McCorn could have a very big day. This is Dallas' Super Bowl. So my bonus player prop on this game is Terry McLaurin over 67.5 receiving yards. I think he's got to light it up. Now, to the Baltimore-Pittsburgh game, I'm taking Baltimore. I would take them plus 4.5 and Moneyline if I could, but wait to see what Corona brings. If this game could be canceled, we've said that a million times this year, but just wait. To place your bets. I'm taking the Ravens plus whatever as long as they're relatively healthy. Now, Cardinals and Pats. I love the Cardinals minus 2, but I can't bet it bet, I can't bet, bet against the Pats. I'm taking the Pats plus 2. Can't do it. And then Dolphins versus the Jets. I'm taking the Dolphins minus 7. I'm not betting on a bounce back game for the Dolphins. I think they're frauds, but I'm just betting against the Jets. And then Chargers versus Buffalo, I'm taking over 53-and-a-half. Two good offenses. Bonus prop, Justin Herbert over passing yards. He hits it a lot. I love that guy. Then Cleveland-Jacksonville, under 49. Uh, Cleveland's been in some pretty bad weather games lately, kind of thrown off their groove, but I think both team strategy is they're going to kind of run the ball and eat up the clock, under 49. And another game, New York Giants, minus five and a half against – the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow's injured. Time to tank again. Backup QB's in. Giants could take advantage of it. Giants are still fighting for the division. I love the Giants in this game. Love, love, love the Giants. And now another game taking Raiders and Falcons under 56. I know I talked this game up for being as high scoring, but it might not be as high scoring as everyone thinks. 56 is a pretty high over under. I think the obvious bet is on the over, so I'm taking the under. Next game, Tennessee versus Indianapolis, the revenge game. I don't feel so confident that Tennessee will win this game, so I'm just taking over 51 because I feel like both teams are going to give everything they got. They're going to take chances to try and win this game and take the division. Next game, Minnesota, minus four versus Carolina. I know Thielens out, a lot of concerns there. But I think P.J. Walker overperformed against Detroit. Minnesota is another plus matchup. But I think Dalvin Cook will take over this game. So Minnesota minus four. And now this is one that I feel like is an absolute lock. So I can't wait till you guys fade it or ruin this pick so you can't take it. But I'm taking Saints minus five and a half versus Denver. I think top to bottom, Saints are a way better team than the Denver Broncos. And even with Taysom Hill starting, there's still just so much talent. I'm not scared of Denver. I think Saints are going to roll this one. I will put a hammer down on this. Next pick. This is a very tough line for me to pick. I think the Rams take it, and I'll take a minus seven just to make a pick, just so that you guys can fade it. I'm here for you guys. Don't worry. (laughs) Yep. Next pick, Kansas City, Tampa Bay. It's such a tough one. And like I said earlier, I'm taking Tampa Bay plus three and a half. Because I'm biased. We've seen a lot of Brady versus Mahomes games come down to a field goal. If that's the case here, which I'm hoping it is, Tampa Bay plus three and a half should hit. Bonus prop here, Tyreek Hill. I'm taking his over yards. This Bucs defense is pretty good, but I think there's no way that they can keep up with Tyreek Hill's speed. He should have a big game here. And then Chicago versus Green Bay. I'm taking Chicago plus eight and a half. I think the Packers are the way better team, but Chicago and Green Bay, they play tough divisional games against each other. Could be a pretty low-scoring game as well. I love the Bears plus 8.5. I think the Packers still take this one, but 8.5 is a good line for the Bears. And last game, Seattle versus Philadelphia. Don't have a good feeling about this game. The line I don't feel great about, but life's too short to bet the under, right? Take over 51. I think Gar- Carson Wentz can put together a lot of garbage time against the Seattle defense. Those are my picks. Fade all of them. You'll probably get rich. You're welcome. Thank you. No player props this week? I, I threw in a couple there. I threw in Terry McLaurin you and Tyree Hill. True. Throw threw them at the end of the game. And Justin Herbert as well. Those are my, those are my three.
0: All right. Fair enough. I appreciate it, Tyler. Thank you very much. As always, we'll look forward to getting rich this weekend. Um, With that, that will take us to the close of this marathon show. Um, We want to thank Steve Dennis so much for joining us today. Um, Make sure to check out him at the Playoffs and Politics Podcast. Steve, tell us where we can find you.
3: Yeah, it was uh, great to chat with you, gentlemen. Uh, You can find me on Twitter where I'm the most active, at playoff politics and then on facebook and instagram it's at playoffs and politics so uh i talk about sports i talk about politics i talk about when the two intersect so uh no fantasy over where i'm at but uh you guys are are the king of that corner so appreciate the time
0: yeah absolutely we're honored to have you um definitely check out his podcast a lot of great conversations with some great people um rob will have all those links below as well as our links, make sure to follow us if you're new, like and subscribe. Um, and until next time we, we won't hear you won't be hearing from us later this week, but we'll be back next Monday. Um, we will look forward to seeing you all on the next episode of the Fantasy Frenzy podcast. See you out fellas only the people like us. I-